You're listening to Freud's Angels, where we talk about where the science of the mind meets the spirit of the heart. Each week, we'll discuss ways to create awareness of yourself and your reaction to the world around you today, as well as healing events of the past. I'll be bringing in both traditional and non-traditional psychology concepts, and I'll be bringing the healing through the lens of our heart and how to heal what we discover creating a powerful connection between what our heart needs and what our mind thinks we want. Now we're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Vanessa. Now let's get into the show. Welcome back, angels, to episode 70. And today, um, yeah, we're going to, I just hold on to your heads because we may go down some tangents and we're already down tangents and we've been planning. And so our brains are going like 800 miles an hour. So (laughs) buckle in, get, you know, just get a notebook if you need to jot down times to go back to because you didn't get it the first time. And and let us talk about what Vanessa. It's so funny that you, because I mean, really 800 miles a minute is very accurate. And it's like, we're coming in hard. <laughs> like this is not, if we had, if we had started this recording an hour ago, it would be completely different, I think, but there's some fired up inness going, obviously it was meant to be that way. Yes. Um, I'm like a little sweaty even. So basically, so this came, this came up for me when I was speaking to my score mentor, I'm in this, this space business wise of making big changes and moving forward and, and feeling like I have to, you know, not in a way that I'm desperate, but feeling like in order to stay aligned, I have to do this. That has meant asking for help. Hence the score mentor. (laughs) And, um, what came up for me and I had written it down in my notes was that idea that, that towing the line of asking for help and losing your power and how those things become so confused, I think, with a lot of people that it deserves a talking to <laughs> and talking about. Yes. Of, like, <laughs> what is it like to ask for help? And where, why are we asking for help? What do we plan to do with that input? And how does it affect our empowerment? Um, I think this is a lesson I had to learn very, very hard way. (laughs) Um, because when you've kind of grown up, I grew up with parents who provided for me, but they weren't a lot. They, they couldn't be around that much because they had to work. Yeah. So there was a lot of things that I had to do for myself and it took until an adult for me to understand that my child brain likely translated what was happening into you can't count on other people to do things for you, even your parents, right? Because we're talking about child brains that don't have the kind of thinking that our adult brains have. Like we don't have critical thinking to be able to go, your mom and dad want to be here. They have to work, literally have to work or we won't eat. So this isn't about you can't depend on them. You actually can because what they're providing right now is, is that exact thing that that whole phenomenon is happening right now you can depend on them to get you what you need child brain doesn't get it so you go off onto the world <laughs> believing <laughs> that if you cannot do it on your own you're giving away your power you're allowing other people to control you you there's something wrong with you yada yada big rabbit hole of of things like that versus the idea of asking for help to get information And that's literally it (laughs) information to make a very informed decision about what to do next. And that it creates an empowerment within you because you're adding information and that is power versus what happens when you're the kind of person who asks for help and doesn't use that as, as an empowering thing. They use it as a learned helplessness thing. Yeah. which is the other end of that spectrum. So we've got our learned helplessness on one side where you feel like you can't do anything on your own and everybody has your power to the other end of the pendulum, which is that, that fierce borderline toxic independence 
<laughs> where nobody can help you better than yourself and how to swing that pendulum into the middle. It's a lot. <laughs> it is. And I want to put an asterisk on there. So understand for those of you who have a hard time asking for help and I get why that is. And I want to, and this is just an asterisk for an understanding that because you don't ask for help because it's the only, you feel you can't control the outcome. Whereas trauma has taught you that depending on people and asking for help meant that it could possibly put you further in danger of the trauma you experienced as a young child in whatever capacity that was. So we get why we're at either end of the spectrums. And then you get the other end of the spectrum who have helplessness because somebody has taught you, you don't have the answers. You don't know anything. You're incapable of making decisions and that you are helpless. And somebody has taught you that. Therefore, (laughs) asking for help is necessary. Not having a help is trauma-based critical issue. And so there's- Very good, good- recipe for codependence. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, so there's the two ends of the spectrum and there's like kind of the asterisks of the trauma that's created both ends of the spectrum. And, and so Vanessa, how do we meet? What's the process of understanding how we can meet in the middle by understanding our intent, our actions, our needs, like what's that next step? Well, I think, you know, it's always important to do that work of where it came from, right? Like we can't heal the trauma unless we have a little bit of a finger on where that came from. We don't have to relive it. We don't have to go, you know, into, Hey, let's talk about that whole horrible experience. Cause sometimes people aren't ready to do that. They want to move forward and just get to the next level of healing, but we do a little bit have to do that. Right. Like, so I'm not, when I go back and think about that, about my parents, it was like an aha moment. It wasn't a, oh, my parents should have done better. They should have had better jobs so that they could be around. Like, it's neither here nor there. They did the best that they could. They they did a great job. I don't know how they did it. Looking at my own life and being like, I don't know how I would support three kids. (laughs) I don't know. And like, let them play hockey or do anything really. Like, okay, you know, and just, but understanding how that happened. Okay. So I, I've, you know, my little kid brain, again, like giving an excuse to my little kid brain, you didn't have the critical thinking, you didn't have the ability to do that. That's where that borderline trauma came from. Like that might've been traumatic for me as a kid. I don't know. I can't go back there and tell. I didn't feel traumatic, but there must've been some fear, something, I don't know, for it to carry on the way that it did. Um, But so that explanation allowed me to change the way that I thought about it of, the way that people can help you doesn't always look the way that you think it does. The way that people care about you doesn't always look the way that it does. Okay, great. So how do I go from there? What does that mean when I ask for help? Am I depending on this, these people? What's my intent? You know, intent is everything. So awareness, number one, intent. What am I intending on doing when I, when I think about help? Or when I think about not being able to complete this task or this thing that's in front of me right now, how do I conceptualize where I'm trying to go here? That will give me the answer, maybe quickly, maybe a little bit later of why I'm doing it. And that why tells me everything about (laughs) what's going to (laughs) happen, right? So if I'm in a space where I feel like overwhelmed, I feel like I'm drowning and I'm asking for help because I don't believe that, that I can help myself. I need help. I need somebody to do something for me. I have to sit in that space of going right now, you're going to give your power away to whoever's come to help you because you're not going to believe that you have a part in it. You're not going to believe that you have an ability to influence this outcome. You're literally putting all of that on whomever is going to come in. How do I change that mindset? Is this true? You know, challenging that belief of how do I co-create with the person that comes in versus allowing that to be the be all end all. Do I have to do exactly what that person comes in to say that I have to do? Or do I 
again, co-create do, is that something that I, I say, or how do I approach that? Hey, I need, I do need some help. Things are not cool right now. I need to be, I need to figure out how I'm going to do this. What are you able to help me with and start there, you know, and kind of ease, ease your way into the possibilities versus the like running full force (laughs) at like, help me, help me, help me. I'm just going to stand here and, and let you help me and act like I have no part of it. So that's that one end of it. The other end of it that I'm much more familiar with. <laughs> me too, girl. Me too. <laughs> you know. Yes. Yes. Is the self-loathing <laughs> ask, <laughs> which comes from I'm defeated. I am a failure. I uh, suck at this kind of, you know, th- this, this is demoralizing you know, kind of beating up on myself for needing help of any kind. (laughs) So when I'm asking for help with that intent, it is a lot of self-talk. You know, we have, we have to change our self-talk. We have to change our belief systems. And a lot of times that is challenging what that thought process is like, am I, am I really unable to do this? You know, like, or is this a two person job and I'm trying to do it as a one person job. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, and then you get, then you get a hybrid version of that where you're like, you're like, I can do this. And you're like, at the same time, you're fiercely independent, but then you feel that you don't have enough information. And so you feel helpless. And then you feel, yeah, there's a whole there it's like it's a it's a circle it's a vicious circle because I see myself and this is my experience in asking for help which has been really hard Mm -hmm. so I you know (laughs) I see the evolution of my ability to ask for help and it went from you know not being asking for any help to asking for help and getting help from people who didn't want want to help me Mm -hmm. and so then I stopped asking for help And then I used, and I had, and because I felt my disability was the only reason why someone could help me, I used that as a reason for, to ask for help. And, and so, and then Mm. I went to the stage of like, in, like in someone's opinion, like, for example, interior decorating, like moving into my new home, choosing my colors, you know, I like asked my friend who was very big on fashion, very big on colors. He's an artist. And I asked him for help, but yet I didn't reserve enough space to give my own opinion. And I kind of went with what he felt because I felt he had the right answer. And I did not because I didn't think I had the information or that what I wanted wasn't valid. And I was just like, I am a hot mess (laughs) of severe independence, feeling like I don't know the answer and feeling a little bit helpless at the same time, giving all my power away to people, but yet have wanting to be reserving it in other situations. Uh, (laughs) Control struggle. (laughs) This is my life right now. Yeah. Well, and I love that. Right. Like, and I think, I think that happens a lot with people who are fiercely independent, honestly, is that we feel like if we don't already have the knowledge, because we do have a lot of knowledge from forcing ourselves to do everything by ourselves, (laughs) we have tools upon tools upon tools to call upon. You know, people are always like, you can do anything like, yeah, because I won't let anybody do anything for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> ta-da! <Great>. Like, <laughs> it's like, trust me, it's been a lot harder to gain these tools than it probably needed to be. But here we are. That turns into if I don't already know it, it must mean I don't know anything about. I can't know it. It's it's yeah. out of my realm of possibility. So I must go to the experts. Yeah. Right. Forgetting we are always the expert on ourselves and most things are changeable. (laughs) Most things that we do are changeable. There's not too many things that we can do that we can't undo. There are some absolutely. And so those, you know, those decisions get weighed very, very heavily, but 
there's not much that can't be undone, but really being able to step into the space of, well, why, why am I so fiercely independent? Is it fear-based? Because fear-based fear is a lack of trust. And if I'm afraid, I don't trust myself. And that, that independence is based on trusting yourself. Yeah. And so it is an unfamiliar feeling to feel like you can't trust yourself. And that puts us sometimes into a tailspin. (laughs) And then, you know, and, and in some ways that feeling revalidates the need to be super independent, Mm -hmm. like all, and I realized, and I think when I realized what I was doing, when I was asking for help and when I was thinking, I didn't know anything, I'm like, you're totally taking yourself out of the equation. And that's not fair. This is not theirs you make it the way you want to make it and if you want to put pink fucking paint somewhere you put you put it where you want it i didn't betcha. paint anywhere but i had to fight for the purple um so you know it's it's but it's but it's nothing against them it has nothing to do with them because they're doing exactly they're they're ecstatic you ask them for help and they're mm-hmm. like i would love to help you because i know your issue with asking for help but right. at the same time your internal monologue and your ability to just give, you know, give your power away, give the decision away. It's, it's, there's a difference, I think, between giving your power versus giving the decision away. Mm-hmm. Like you, well, I think actually they're probably pretty much the same because when, um, when you're giving someone else power to make the decision for you, you've given all your power away but you've also given the responsibility away in your mind, in your head. You're like, well, they chose it for me. No, you, my friend, allowed them to choose it for you. You gave them permission to choose it for you. So it's like, you know, I'm struggling right now with the table and chairs that we bought. And I was just like, I should have waited, but but at the same time, I mean, it's tables and chairs. It's pretty, but it's just, I would have think would have chosen something a little bit different, but regardless of that, <laughs> it's just, it's like, okay, I need to step back and I need to look at what I like and what I want. So, and it's funny because the bedroom color, I don't like, I don't like the color in my bedroom. So I decided to go looking for that color and dark, what was it? Dark hour, dark Harbor by Benjamin, this paint company. It is so beautiful and so gorgeous. And I felt so in love with it. It's a very dark green forest green. It is so dark. It is beautiful. (laughs) I love that. I love that contrast between dark and light because Mm -hmm. like greens and pinks, that's what I would love to go for in that space. Mm -hmm. Turns out I showed this color to him. He's like, He's obsessed about it now. He's like, that is the best. That should have been the color. I'm like, I know, right, <laughs> but like, I can't be mad at a- him. Damn it. <laughs> it's like, allow your process. You know more than you're giving yourself credit for. Yeah. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. when we, when we're making decisions, hardcore decisions, like what car to buy, whatever, I still feel there's an intuitive hit in that too. Sure. I always feel that, that, you know, the car that you love and you know, the car that's for you, even if people like, kind of like, I mean, people laughed at me when I bought my first mini, like, mm-hmm. because they were like, oh yeah, I'm like, no, this is the car that I've been waiting for. I had to, yeah. my dad had to die to give myself permission in order to buy it because yeah. he couldn't have let me, but you yeah. know, it, mm-hmm. but it's just, I think in some ways we have to realize is that we do know, and we do have that information and in, especially intuitively, we need to feel right with the situation, regardless of what the decision is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It needs to sit right in our soul. Right. And we need to be okay with having the responsibility. And that's the biggest part, I think, of all of this conversation. And um, it's the thing that my clients don't like to hear. <laughs> they really don't like to hear that. I'm like, well, you participated in it. Like, yeah. You know, like, and, and I'm not saying that what happened isn't tragic and we're not going to, you know, sit with our feelings and allow them to be here, but we are definitely not going to blame it on everybody else. Because if you had any part of it, and that includes allowing that person to do whatever it is that you allowed to happen, 
you have to own that 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 responsibility and that it doesn't mean that you own it in a in terms of throwing yourself off a cliff (laughs) it means in terms of like allowing yourself to be human in that moment allowing yourself to say hey sometimes I make decisions that are based in emotion and that was one of them or sometimes I make decisions based out of fear and that was one of them and I I let that influence take over me and I want and that keeps the power within us you know to be able to say I can make decisions I can co-create with other people but I can absolutely take my responsibility and use that as learning in one way or the other, whether I learned through success or I learned through, you know, needing to learn some more (laughs) Then you know, that, that process, I had something to do with it. That even happens when you are in that learned helplessness stage and you allow everybody to do things for you. When that outcome doesn't happen, this, I mean, and these are the clients that don't like to hear it from me. Well, I mean, they're supposed to know better and I asked them for help and they did it wrong or, you know, they, they screwed this whole thing up and they said they were going to blank and they said that they cared about me and they said whatever. And it's like, great. Yeah. We're going to hold them accountable for the boundary crossing. We're going to hold them accountable, but you have accountability here too, because you didn't allow yourself to have power in this. You're not allowing yourself to realize that your part in it is the doormat part that you do not have to lay down. You chose to. Yeah. Nobody likes to hear it. I don't like to hear it (laughs) either. (laughs) Right. When I'm in a shit situation, I do not like to be like, and I do it. I sit there with my arms crossed, like sitting in this thinking chair that y'all can't see, but Amy can see. I sit here like, like, I, I know I did this. You know, I know I allowed this to happen. That sucks. I really don't like sitting in this spot, but if I don't want to sit in the spot again, I need to learn this lesson right now, <laughs> right? Like right now that this didn't happen to me. I happened to me right now. Yeah. And there are, again, few situations that don't happen to us. You know, if there's violence against you and you didn't like start a fight or you didn't start a whatever, 100%, we're not talking about those situations as the same type of thing we're talking about help like you're asking for help and somebody you know doesn't do it the way you wanted them to do it well that's not their fault (laughs) that is ultimately on us we do have the ability and even when it's something that we don't know how to do we have the ability to ask for help and learn versus ask for help and let people do right it's that fish fisherman thing yeah, I can be hungry and I can ask a fisherman for fish and he can give me fish and then I can get really mad at him the next day that he can give me two because I'm so hungry, right. you know, or I can ask how do I fish because I want to learn how to fish. I want to learn how to do this every day so that tomorrow I'm not back here again looking for you to do this for me. Yeah. Um, we have that ability. We all have that ability. It's that lack of trust in ourselves. And when, um, you know, to kind of bring it back, when I have somebody who has lost all trust in themselves because they made terrible decisions, I've been there before. There was a time in my life where I didn't trust myself with most things (laughs) because I was like, whoo, girl, (laughs) where are these decisions coming from? (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) Decisions, man. Right. Literally. (laughs) Right. I had to do empowering things to regain the trust in myself (laughs) that meant a little bit more vulnerability to screwing up but that mindset change of that it's not screwing up it's learning and that learning is always that process if you want to play a sport perfectly you have to practice that means you are going to mess up many 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 times in that process of doing it right works that way in life too but that empowerment that comes is where you build the trust in yourself. That's why people who are fiercely independent and don't ask for help, there is a lot of empowerment within there too (laughs) that makes for stubbornness (laughs) because you do have so much trust in yourself in those areas that you've mastered that it feels like a burden to ask for help like on yourself. Like I don't want to burden myself (laughs) with another person being in this space right now. I can do it. I will just do it. I don't want to deal with that. So, you know, even when you're 
fiercely independent and asking for help, there's still a lot of empowerment there. But I think that 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 true empowerment comes from learning that balance between I'm asking for input and I are I do already have a lot of information and I'm going to mesh the two. It's going to be a co-creation. There is no loss of power. There is no control. It's a co-creation. There's parts of it that I don't bring to the table, but the ultimate is my, my feet walking forward. Right. And well, and if you think about co-creation, let's, I I guess let's, let's talk about that. The idea of co-creating is hard for us independent people. Okay. Let's just get straight to it. I, to collaborate with someone else means I feel like I'm giving creative power away to somebody else. And it's hard for me. It used to be, I, unless like, it's easier now just because of how much magic Vanessa and I create and co-create like, and when I walked into, when I had decided to do the podcast, I, I, I didn't think twice about who to ask. I knew who I was going to ask, but I had to check myself along the way to make sure I wasn't being a bully and that I wasn't pushing my creative decisions on someone else because I didn't want that to happen. I didn't. And And I think I even spoke to it in the very beginning about how I need to work on the idea of, of doing it as a partnership. Like, I'm not good at this. Like, it's hard. It's a stretch for me because mm-hmm. I'm giving that idea of control uh, away with, with just like, here, take it. Like, <laughs> I'm, you know, and at first it was hard, but then there's a rhythm to co-creating with somebody like I can ask Vanessa for advice she asked me for advice we talk about our thoughts we come to a middle ground I if I can see her vision and I realize I can't really see my vision I'm making it more complicated I'm like okay Vanessa you know what you're right I see I can see where I'm complicating shit because I'm good at it and mm-hmm. so it's it's hard to co-create as a fiercely independent person on the other side of that, if you're a helpless kind of non-independent person, there's a little bit more of a creative burden being put on the person who's helping. Yes. It's not a co-creation anymore. It's codependency. It's yes. you do this for me because I can't do it. So, And you will need to always do it because I have no ability to learn it. Right. Or want to. I mean, even some people go as far as not wanting to. And I get that too. But so when you're co-creating, kind of gauge, where are you at? You know, because here's the thing is how we co-create with people in the world and the projection of it is how we co-create with spirit and the universe. You bet. So if I'm unwilling to, if I'm decided that I'm right and then my co-creation, my co-creation with spirit, like I'm right, they're going to be like, okay, you asked for it but I'm blocking their influence. I'm blocking their, 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 their ideas. I'm blocking their solutions to problems I've had for life. And they're like, here's the solution. But because at one point in my life, I was so fiercely convinced that it was my way or the highway that I blocked all connection to spirit in the universe, which is why my life turned out the way that it did. (laughs) Oh, don't you hear? As you're talking, I'm thinking my career is, you know, <laughs> state's evidence, <laughs> state's evidence A. <laughs> like, this is how it's supposed to look. And, you know, now I'm like, yeah, not at all, you know, but that stubbornness of allow, of not, co- there was no, there was zero co-creation. I didn't allow anything in. It was, it has to be this way or else. And all of the fear-based stuff came in there. I was still very fiercely independent, but it was at fault. It was, it was at a fault of you not allowing the openness of that co-creation, that the help doesn't take away your power. That help is not going to destroy you, yeah. it, it, that, that the universe is never going to destroy you, but you yeah. can destroy yourself by calling in things <laughs> that the universe is going to go. All right. I mean, I guess you want that. It's the only thing you're going to recognize as a path. So I guess here it is. You know, that's what you want. That's you, you, this is what you're saying you want. You I just got asked you. for this. <laughs> I got you. 
it's like oh damn and now with the openness and watching where it goes now it's like oh my gosh this is not even close to the same yeah had I not blocked that before I'd be a little bit further along but I also wouldn't have learned lessons I needed to and so <laughs> we'd have been doing ring the bell we're done <laughs> yeah <laughs> it happened and we're done I don't need to beat myself up about it I don't need to and this is that thing that we're talking about is that we we don't have to harshly judge ourselves when we've just when we've heard this podcast and go oh my god I'm the I'm the the fiercely independent blocker of all good things totally a jerk to everybody who wants to help me like <laughs> oh, I'm such a terrible person like, nor do we have oh, to be well. like I'm so helpless and codependent I'm the worst person all the people in my world think I'm a burden this is not what this is about <laughs> at all if anybody helps you it's on purpose anybody help you are not a burden you know and this likewise you're not a complete jerk people understand your fierce independence and trauma and and reasons for for those things but our goal in this podcast is to teach you that awareness so that you can ride right down that middle and co-create with faith and with trust and with knowledge that even the bumps along the way are for you. They're good for you. They are learning points that you need to learn that way. You know, when we talk about my frying pan to the face, (laughs) I need it. I don't listen to the bumps. I need to be like full stop, Vanessa turn the other way, Vanessa, (laughs) (laughs) because of my stubbornness. I need those things. I can sit there and wallow in them or I can go, okay, (laughs) like, got it, drill sergeant. (laughs) Like, I did it again and it's okay. I'm just, you know, how did I get to that spot spot so I can learn not to do it again? Willing to co-create. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to understand that I don't have the answers. I can look for the answers And I can mesh all of the knowledge that I receive with my intuition and go forth and make mistakes and make successes and have them all be perfect and beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. And for me, it's, it's not only asking, but it's allowing. Yeah. It's allowing because I can ask for help and then I kind of block it in some other way because I'm still not okay with asking, but I asked, see, I asked for help, but nobody's helping me because I'm trying to recreate the narrative that the reason why I'm fiercely independent. So I'm like, okay, I asked for help. And then I'm like, okay, I need to really ask for help this time. Like, and, and, you know, and I, I, I've done, I did that. And I realized part of it is just allowing that help to be what it is. It's help. doesn't make me less of a person. It, It helps. And if I create, you know, part of me, like, for example, I will use the actual example, like I asked for help with my home because I was, I'm still feeling very frustrated and stuck with the condition that it's in and not, and not having the bandwidth to finish unpacking, to put things where they go. I understand. I still need furniture, certain furniture, but I, for me, when I asked for help, like I wasn't willing to follow up because I was in the mindset, well, if they really want to help me, then they're going to fall, you know, girl, nothing to do with you or that. And so the next time I asked for help and I said, Hey, does anybody have some time this weekend that we can schedule to help? And then I got, I got help. And Mm -hmm. when, when they came over, I realized one thing, there are things I can't do. Like I can climb up in the first step of my step stool ladder, but I cannot do the second because my center of gravity, I feel like I'm going to fall or I might fall. That's not, I'm not here to fall. Right. No, so we don't need to I, fall. <laughs> I decided that I'm like, no girl, they're coming to help you. What are the things you can't do? What are some of the things that you can't do that if they help you will alleviate some of the stress of, of how am I going to be able to do this? So I had, you know, I had one, one friend help and he went through and hung up like all the pictures that I needed hung up that were higher that I could reach off the first step. He hung curtains for me. Like, I was like, oh, just that alone changed the space. I'm not done, but that alone made such a difference that I felt like, oh, there is and it was truly something thing. that I really 
physically couldn't do. But I was like, but I realized something in that moment. Those of us who are fiercely independent, the common narrative in our friends is that I don't know how to love you. I don't know how to contribute to our friendship. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to support you. And I don't know what to do and what that you need because you do everything yourself. I have no idea where I fit in that, in your world, because I don't know what you need because you seem to get everything and do everything yourself. I have heard that over and over and over again. And I never really put two and two together until my, those two people came over to that day. You know, I, I know one of them, like just, she, they weren't here to help. They were here to help, but they didn't know how. So I created a list and that person was like, I want to do that thing. And I was like, fantastic. That helps so much. And I was like, oh, now people (laughs) feel like they know how to support me. Now people feel like they've given a reciprocation and a friendship that there's actual give and take Mm -hmm. no matter. I'm not even talking equality in the give and take, but that there is give and take, you know, when you complain about how your friends, you do everything and your friends don't give back and you're creating codependencies. Well, that's because you won't let them. (laughs) And I think that's something I finally realized is that when a person cannot be an active participant in your life, because you won't let them, because you have to do it yourself, you are not creating support systems. Mm -hmm. The only Mm -hmm. people I would allow to help me are the people that I was paying to do it. Right. Therapist, my massage therapist, my doctor, the only people that I was willing to let help me because I'm paying them. Yeah. You don't deserve, you don't deserve help just because of help. Right. You need to pay for it. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, Absolutely. So huge understanding that sometimes asking for help, people are without the expectation of what that help is. Like, yeah. I just said, I need help. I created a list of things that I had, I've been struggling with that I couldn't do and things that I needed, I wanted help with. And we did, we got everything done on the list except for one thing, everything. Because they were like, yeah, let's do this. And they were like, oh my God, you're so organized. I'm like, I want to make this as easy for you guys as possible. And my favorite way of (laughs) organizing- Finding my trauma response. I'm like, and the only way I know how to, how to deal with this is like, this is the stuff that I need because you know, when you say I need help, well, that's generic. And I'm like, I don't know, help. Like, but if I really express the things I need help with in Mm -hmm. a way that gives them options, then they don't feel like they're doing something that they don't want to or can't do, but everything got done because Because, you know, like my friend Roman, he was like, oh, I love this. I can do this. And he did. And he did it with joy. And he, he, <laughs> we talked about things. He used a screwdriver, um, an electric screwdriver. Through the he was like so excited. And he had fun. And we had pizza and we enjoyed it. And I was just like, you have no idea. I, they, they don't, I, I don't think they understood at the depth of how that changed me. They knew that they helped me to get things done around the house, mm-hmm. but I don't think that they realized how much about the idea of asking for help that they helped me with. Yeah. And because it was such an expansion mm-hmm. of my understanding of why help asking for help is necessary. Mm-hmm. And that it's not about giving away my power in most instances, as long as I'm just like, Hey, this is what I need, but being very clear and allowing them to decide whether they can help or not, you know, giving them actual facts. And and it's not giving away my power. I told him where I wanted all my stuff. It wasn't like he had just, Oh, I'm going to put this here because I, you know, it's like, and it just come in and decorate your house. And you were like, cool, this isn't at all what I wanted, but thanks. (laughs) (laughs) so and and I just but it it really made me understand and it made me want to explore the idea not always asking for help but truly asking for help when I truly need it and part of that was you know I can't I can't get up on the ladder high enough to do stuff that was your frying pan of the face (laughs) the universe was like 
there are things you literally cannot do. Let's start there. <laughs> Let's start with things that you are being forced to accept and let the ball roll. Yep. And just- <laughs> I love the, like the description of, and this is, this is how I myself had to reframe help too, of like you, I feel joy of helping other people. When I don't ask people to help, people who love me, who want, they are itching at the chance to give back what I have given. I'm depriving them of that joy. And that is terrible. (laughs) Right. And yes, is that a little bit of that remnants of Catholic guilt? Yes, but it works for me. (laughs) So I use it until I can get into that rhythm of being able to have it be natural that it's like, I mean, I still I'm trying to think there was recently something I dragged up the stairs, no, dragged down the stairs by myself. It was a bookcase. I dragged the bookcase down the stairs by myself out into the garage because I didn't want to wait for my boyfriend to get home. I didn't want to wait. It was very impatient. But after I did it, I was like, there's more than just impatience there. You're afraid of something. You know, like there's, there's something about this that is more than just impatience. Yes. A lot of it is. I really will try. I will probably always try to do something when I want it done because I'm excited about getting it done. But am I afraid they're going to be annoyed? Am I afraid there's going to be questions? Am I like, what, what is going on right now that makes you not able to do that? That person wants to help you, right? Like that person's here to be your partner let you're depriving them of the joy of their part of this relationship. Same with my friends. You're depriving them of their half of the friendship because you don't let them give anything. Right. Like I, I mean, that's what happened to me with my friends was I was like, okay, wait a minute. It was like when, when, when my life imploded in Florida and I was in my car on the way to Texas at that time, bawling my eyes out. My friend Holly called me <laughs> four times along the way. Cause she was like, you're not dodging me <laughs> because I know you need somebody to talk to right now. You can't dodge me. I'm not going to allow it. And I remember being like, kind like, kind of like, <laughs> I just want to like, not let you know how much this sucks. But then that, that was when that, 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 like kind of the first time that I felt that little inkling of like, that person really wants to help you. That's their part of this friendship. You haven't allowed this person to participate in your friendship really, other than like shooting the shit. That's kind of shitty, right? Like, so the, all of your friends are just receptacles for your joy of giving. Like, what is that? That's kind of not cool. You know, and, and that was like my first thing. And then co- coming here to this house was my second. This one was the hardest except of help probably ever in my life. Yeah. Even going to Texas, those people are family. It felt like what happens, you know, like, like everybody has to do that. That's what you do. But friends helping me that way with a place to live and all that kind of stuff, you know, even though I'm paying like whatever, it was hard for me to do that. But again, again, it was explained to me, you give to us so much. You have been my friend for nine years, listening to my bullshit, dealing with my craziness. This was the conversation that happened. And I finally get a chance to do something for you and for your daughter. Let us do it. And I was like, I am upset that we are this close of friends that you feel like you have this conversation with me. Like, ouch. <laughs> but you just that called was, me on the carpet. Well, yeah, and, that was know, the solidifying of it is I'm not allowing people to participate in my friendships. Yeah. I'm not. And just, and sometimes for the pure joy of just giving you something that, you know, she doesn't even, friends, okay, here's an example of her <laughs> resistance to this. Let me share a person. Oh, God, it hurts. <laughs> So I love Miss Vanessa. Miss Vanessa knows that I give healings for a living. I offered and offered and offered until I got to a point. I'm like, can I just give you a five minute empowerment at least? 
please like something let me help you with the struggle you're struggling with it was like oh my gosh I'm not asking for anything in return I want to share my gifts with somebody I care about because they're in a high stress moment it was like fuck it was like and I just was like demand (laughs) you know and I just and I didn't say anything because I understood I understood a struggle I understood in that moment I I am that person I get it but it wasn't until like I could see that there, it was just this fraying of her ability to be resilient and to keep moving forward that I was like, girl, you need some love. Let that love come through. I love you. Like the angels love you. Let me, let them love you, you know? And, yeah. and, and it was true. Just- it remains hard because it's like, what's my, what's my exchange, right? Like I always think of everything needing to be an immediate exchange and that's, like the hard thing to understand that like that exchange, it's like a karmic exchange, right? Like I, you know, I'm still forming it in my head so that I can allow it to exist of like, you maybe put it out there three years ago and you're getting it back today as a karmic exchange. Like you have already paid for it, (laughs) right? Like, holy shit. Like, (laughs) and, and, you know, and it's not going to always be from the same person. Like, you know, it's, and, and love like that karmic exchange. Yeah. <laughs> <Rain it down. laughs> and so we, you know, and I get it because when, when we're faced with someone who wants to help us, it's very hard to grace, graciously be like, thank you. I would love that. I am getting better at it because I am like, I know that I may not have helped that person. That person is probably not going to like reciprocate something or but I have helped enough people in this world that when a friend of mine comes and says, Hey, let me, let me do this for you. Or let me help you with this. I'm like, yes, thank you. It's gotten easier. Resisting is harder. Accepting is easier. I yeah. know it sounds like it's not true, but it really it is. is. It mm-hmm. really is. And it's, it comes with less hurt feelings. I mean, really, and truly that's when I say that that drives it, that's, what's been driving it lately is that ability of like, you're going to hurt their, like you're essentially telling them that what they have to offer is not good enough for you. Well, I know that sounds shitty to say it, but that's to me, what works of being able to say, like, you're literally telling somebody that their help isn't welcome here because it's not up to par or whatever it is. Like that person is feeling some type of way because you're not allowing this. And, and it would be easier to allow it. It's going to be okay to allow it. It's a good thing to allow it. It's good for you and it's good for them. Right. And okay. So while I agree and I am totally on board with that, if you, we always have the freedom of choice. Re- remember that too. Sure. If I'm offering something, somebody doesn't want, sure. I would rather somebody say to me, I am so thankful for all of your love and what you've offered me, but that's not really what I want here. I, I I can't, I would rather somebody say, I just don't feel comfortable in receiving a healing. Sure. And then I maybe in the moment be like wounded and heartbroken, but, but at the same time, I know to stop offering. Yeah. Yeah. So I can ask the question, how can I show up and how can I help you? What do you need from me? Because in times when it doesn't matter, when it's just kind of frivolous and it's, you're having fun, allow the person to help you. But if you're in an emotional crisis or you're in a space where you, it doesn't feel comfortable, you have the right to say, that's not what I need right now. And I thank you. And I'm so grateful to know that that's available to me, but can you help me in this way? Mm-hmm. Or I can say, and somebody saying, no, I can say, okay, I get it. Because sometimes people don't want healings. I get it. I, it's, I, it's my job to separate my personal feelings from what I'm offering. It's not that they're rejecting me. It's they're, they, they're, they're saying that's not an alignment with what I feel intuitively I need right now. Fine. But then I can come to you and say, how can I assist you? Is there something in, in, a, in a different way that I can help you? What do you need help with? Do you need me to do your dishes? I'll come do your dishes. You know, mm-hmm. my inclination and my, my reflex is always to offer healing, whatever that comes up. I don't know what that is until I get into it because angels dictate it. I don't. 
it's not up yeah. to me but some people just don't want one some people feel like they need to be in where they're at for a minute and they need assistance in helping them be there to heal what they're healing to get to the other side of it mm-hmm. and i'm okay with that um, and, and I, and I'm okay with people being very clear about what they need if they need it a certain way. And I will do everything I can to help them in the ways that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're having fun and your friends like, Hey, it'll be really cool. And, you know, I'd love to help, you know, there's a difference. There's a difference in the needs for help. If it's, sure. if it's very kind of surface kind of lowbrow help and your friends like, let me give you a healing and you're open to it let them do it. If yeah. it's in a situation where you feel like that's not the answer for you, or you haven't come to that conclusion yet, or you need something out of where you're at and you, you don't want to gloss over it, whatever the reason, just know that there are moments where you're okay to say no. And then moments where it's like, just let them help you really. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's a fair thing to bring up. It definitely is something that's important to do because it, it, I mean, it comes with a lot of other different possibilities for needing to reject help. Um, you know, when somebody's offering impure help yes. <laughs> that has a string attached to it, yes. that's a time to be like, no, thank you. I think, um, and I needed to hear that of the, the remembrance that, when you're doing that awareness and that evaluation and that intent of asking for and or accepting help that it's on it is on us to be able to say yeah i'll take that or no but this will help you know because again it's still allowing that person that person is coming to you because they understand when they're when somebody is connected to you they understand you need something <laughs> right <laughs> like they're not, they're offering because they know you need something right mm-hmm. and being able to say you know, do that evaluation, right? Like, so when I'm talking about that evaluation and I'm saying, you know, you're just, you know, like wh- whatever you're doing right now is sending the message that their, that their help isn't good enough for you. Yeah. I think the idea of that adding on to that and saying like, why are you, is that why you're rejecting this? Is that what that person is going to feel? Um, is there something else that they can offer you that will help you do, you know, like, is it, you know, like kind of just that awareness and that, that self-talk and that whatever works for you. But I think that is important to evaluate, like what's coming at you when you say yes, if somebody says, Oh, I want to buy you a car and it comes with a lot of strings attached, you're going to say no. Even if you're, you know, riding a bike, <laughs> it's like, that's the time to sit and evaluate. Like, yeah, the thing that you're offering me isn't good enough right now because it's not going to help me in the long run. It's not actually what I need from you because it comes with some stuff I don't need, you know? Um, but if, you know, you're offering for me to drive your car for a couple months until I get mine and that's going to come with zero strings, that's that, you know, that's something that I could maybe accept, but I love that idea of it. It's just kind of, it's sitting in that moment right? Of when I need help or when I'm offering help or when I'm in a space, being aware of how I'm here and what co-creation can exist in this moment. What do I want for co-creation? What am I blocking and why? And what am I accepting and why? You know, really making these informed decisions about what is actually happening when we're looking for help and accepting help. Yeah. So that we stay balanced, so that we stay feeling like we're co-creating so that we stay feeling like we're allowing other people to, you know, receive love in that form while also loving ourselves in that moment too, for getting help and accepting yeah. it. And because here's, here's something I want to, I have, I, I deal with guilt, a lot of guilt. One thing I had to remember is how I react and how, what I say makes an impact on the person. However, the filter that they hear it through has nothing Mm -hmm. to do for me. I'm not responsible for their feelings in a sense of, if I say no, I, how they react is how they react. And, and I don't want people to feel like they're in charge of making sure the other person is okay. Um, Because I, I struggled with that 
that's, you know, that's, that, that was my people pleasing self mm-hmm. that, that struggles with that. So that's why I always make sure to empower people to say, that's not what I feel I need right now, but this is, this could help me or mm-hmm. saying like, like my conversation, I had a conversation with my friend, our friend, you guys know her, Ayla, Priestess Ayla. I was having a really bad day on Friday. I felt so bad because of something that happened and talking to her, having a conversation with her, sharing how I felt with another human was exactly what I needed. Mm -hmm. She didn't process me. She didn't give me advice. She just reassured me that, you know what, it's, it's, it's going to be okay because here's how I see it. And she just shared how she saw it and what she felt. And she was just very kind and she listened and she accepted the, the guilt that I felt the, the, whatever I was experiencing. And she just, it's like, she hugged it from me Mm -hmm. energetically. And that's all I needed. That's all I needed. So when somebody, cause a lot of times I'll say to somebody, she'll be like, Oh, I, I hope, I hope, you know, you've got everything you needed. Is there something else? I'm like, no, sometimes I need somebody to hear and accept me in my like kind of a low vibrational state and to just hug it out of me or love it out of me, or he just listen to me. And that's all that I need. So when people come at you and say, you know what? I just needed to hear somebody to hear what I was saying and accept it and not tell me what I needed to do. That's true. Sometimes what people need. So when we're trying to give to others and, and I'm a giver, so I, I had to learn this. Sometimes the only thing that people need is just somebody on the other end of that phone, that zoom call, that whatever, just listening and saying, Oh, I, so I can relate or I understand, or that must be so hard, you know, and just being there supporting that person, knowing that they have someone in their corner, even in their darkest hour, Mm -hmm. that meant more to me than, than anything she could have done, any healing she could have given me, anything she could have done for me. It was just that transfer of moment of energetic exchange. So the power in listening is sometimes greater than the power of giving, which is, you know, so just remember and allow people to say, you know what, this was, this is what I needed today. This conversation was the help that I needed because it, it, it helped soothe my heart And, and it's okay. And keeping in mind, right? Like, so what I deal with a lot with, with clients is, is the, the mind reader thought <laughs> of like, well, that, that's not what I needed from them. And I'm kind of like, well, what'd you ask for? And I get like a blank stare. <laughs> I'm like, okay, listen, there's two things, right? Like we do want people to be like connected to us. And, and when they know that we need something, they're going to offer it, but we have to also have that part of it. So when you come to me and you say, I spilled my guts to my partner and they didn't do anything. And then you tell me that you didn't ask them to do anything. I have to, like, I have to tell you this, that you have to ask for it. You know, like that, that doesn't just exist and it works in every direction, right? Like we, I I used to have this conversation with a lot of infertility clients of, they would say, well, people don't, people shouldn't ask me. And I would say, yeah, maybe, but they care about you. And Sometimes when they don't ask, you're also upset that they don't care about you. So we have to remember that filter of depending on how I feel is depending on what I want to hear is not their problem (laughs) that, that we we can draw a line if we need to draw a line, but then we have to know that we drew the line (laughs) that if we say, don't ask me about this, that means they can't ask you about that. So later on, when you feel like they don't care about you, that becomes your responsibility to undraw the line (laughs) or to move the line and keeping that power within yourself. That's again, part of that power, keeping the power so that we're not victims of other people. We're not victims of the situation happening to us, the help, like, ah, like I didn't ask for this, right? Like when I'm fiercely independent and somebody wants to do something or maybe they do it 
God forbid. <laughs> and then I have to deal with it's already done. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but really being able to like take that ownership, you know, of, of that, that we have to ask for what we want. We have to redirect what we don't want. And we do have to allow other people to be human as well as being human ourselves in those moments. If we don't know what we want, we can say that. (laughs) We can absolutely say, I don't know. I'm just spewing obscenities and I don't know what I want. But right now that's what I know I want. (laughs) It's to vent all this out. And when it all comes out, I will let you know if I need a solution. (laughs) Right now, I don't know. You know, and it's all this awareness. Again, like this, this is kind of, a conversation to try to allow people to be very much more aware of where you are and what you're doing as the co-creator and how much power you're giving away in every situation. There's so many situations we can go into. Uh, (laughs) What is the power struggle in this one? What is the power struggle in that one? (laughs) What is the power struggle with you and your doctor? I mean, (laughs) there's tons of them, but with our awareness and our intent, and our understanding that we are the ultimate of the, with the responsibility for ourselves, these things do become easier. Things become less inflammatory when they don't go the way that they're supposed to in your, you know, in your supposed to brain. We allow things to exist moment by moment and understand that not everything is going to go perfectly in terms of what we've thought was going to be perfectly, but it's all perfect no matter what that we either win or we learn and that's okay both of them yeah and part of the responsibility is us setting boundaries for ourselves and others absolutely um because we can we cannot have to worry about control or giving power away as long as we have an understanding of our own boundaries and where they need to be met made for us yep clear communication yeah. of boundaries is like solve so many problems because <laughs> it becomes as black and white as things can get <laughs> in terms of hey I but I told you not I told you that that was my boundary and you better have a damn good reason <laughs> an emotional issue you're going through that you're willing to communicate with me right now or else yeah I have to make a decision in this moment about what's best for me and and that's I mean, it's tricky. Life is tricky. All of this is tricky. It's you know, never this black whole, and white. <laughs> right. It's never black and white, right? Like when that's why it's as black and white as it can be is literally like you see glimpses of like, this is a little bit more this and this is a little more that, but it's every situation can be very different, right? You can cross a boundary of mine that I put up for not good, not positive reasons and so <laughs> we got a little bit of a gray area of a boundary cross. Um, but I, I mean, it's so many rabbit holes that we went down and can <laughs> continue to go down. But I think that main thing yes. of that being the co-creator and that the best we know ourselves and that whatever we know is best for ourselves, whatever self-talk we need, whatever mindset shifts we need individually that will help us make changes that um, are positive for us and the people around us. It's all good. It's all individual. It's all, it's, it's not, it, it might not look like mine. It might not look like Amy's. It might not look like your mom's, but it, if it feels good and you feel like a powerful co-creator of your life, you know, we can feel like we're on the right track. Like we're in balance of getting help and being empowered. Yeah, absolutely. We hope that you've survived the rabbit hole today. I told you, we, I told you to buckle up because we we're in places, but I think this is so important because it speaks, you know, at the core of it, it speaks to being effectively being able to communicate and, and, and talk and know, and know oneself awareness and communication, the cornerstones of a good life. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, awareness, <laughs> communication, intent. It's like, I feel like those are the trifecta that I go for in my head of like, 
what's going on? What do you think is going to happen? What are you trying to make happen? And how do you communicate this? Yes. <laughs> and maybe the fourth one is like dealing with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Love it. Yes. So thank you for joining us. And if you have any questions or again, you need any help with, with the situation that you're like, okay, I listened to this and I thought I knew what I was doing now. I don't know for sure. Yeah. You contact us, you know where to find us. We love you guys and we will see you next week. Yay. Love y'all. Thank you for joining us on Freud's Angels. We are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us. To continue the healing, connect with us on Instagram at Freud's underscore angels and on Facebook at Freud's angels. Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey. And remember to give us some love in the review section. If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center. And always remember you are loved. You are worthy. And the world needs your light.